Right, um, I'm here on the ground reporting live from the scene of this um, unplanned, very large protest march. Um, I'm, I'm here on the scene. I'm, I'm seeing, I'm seeing quite, quite a surprising uh, mix, mix of uh, types here at this protest. Um, there's puppies, um, r rodents, um, strange, dimpled, brightly coloured, fatty balls, and. Oh gosh, terrifying nightmare creatures! What is th what on earth is this protest? We are all creatures that have been described in various ways, and I, our, our terms have been used to describe your Tories, your capitalists. Oh, oh, um, oh, sons of dogs. Oh yes, dirty rats, yellow bellies, ha, huh. and of course monsters. And I'm... They are nothing like your Tories. They are disgusting. I mean, yeah, the Tories are pretty disgusting. I wouldn't want to be compared to them either. Well, join our march. Here, have a placard. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast where two queer trans ladies talk about our weeks and the media we've been consuming. Om nom nom tasty um, media. Oh, om nom nom tasty media. I've said so many words today. You have, you've read a whole book. I've read a whole book out loud and also done a live stream and also done a podcast and now there's another podcast and there's another podcast later. I don't say this many words usually. You've said many words. I've said so many words. So many words. And I'm, I'm going to say more of them tonight by telling you about the things I've played this week and that you've played and that we've played. What have you played this week? What have I played this week? Well, I played through Inscription. <gasps> Ooh, yeah. We talked about this before. This is that sort of horror-y, roguelike-y card game that I thought would be your jam. It How? was, in fact, my jam. Delicious I... jam, om nom nom. I'm glad that I had the right read on you that this was going to be a thing you'd enjoy. Mm -hmm. like... I mean, there was there was something like ten minutes from the end that was very you. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, right. A thousand percent me. It's like, like, that's so you. That there's a bit near the end that one hundred percent was made exclusively for me and me alone. <laughs> um, but like, it's not a perfect game. It's got some difficulty spikes and oh, it's yes. got some occasion. It like it's it's got its flaws, but I really love it. And the weird thing with the difficulty spikes is that there there is a few points in the game where you you stop playing the card game as it is and you're invited to stand up from the table and have a little wander around and interact mm. with some of the scenery around the room that you're in or rooms that you're in and because of that there when i got to one of the later difficulty spikes i was like have i missed something yeah is there something that it's... i fucked up because very yeah. early on it's like oh get up from the table do some things around yes. the room. Oh, actually, you're uncovering extra bits of plot. There's more yes. things to be discovered. The, the opening act of the narrative very much teaches you you're going to hit roadblocks and then get given clues and then go away from the table to get stuff that will considerably help you progress. And the latter arc doesn't do that so much. And as a result, yeah, those difficulties... Because uh, diff that fight you got real stuck on in that final act... Yeah, I got real stuck there too. It's just not well balanced, but like that's not enough for me to not think that it's one of the most interesting games I've played all year. Like, I know it's fascinating, especially like the final, like the final acts. Um, there's parts where you're um doing some very interesting things with cards. 
Yeah. And I kind of wish I'd had more chance to have fun with that particular mechanic. Like, I understand why there isn't more time dedicated to more of these things, and I think that most of these mechanics stick around exactly as long as they would be interesting. Oh yeah, I think it would have gotten completely open and, and, and yeah. unbalanced. And I would far rather have a game that left me wanting more from these mechanics than one that outstayed its welcome on them. Yeah. And I think that, like, yeah, this definitely fell on that side of the equation. Yeah, just about. Yeah. I think they've done good. If you, if you like psychological horror and card games... 1000% go play this it's great mm-hmm. um yep. it's um it's 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 creepy in its own yeah. way uh it's it's weird it's interesting if you as as you say if you like card mm. games it is very much one to scratch that sort of CCG itch without having to pay microtransactions yeah. or whatever else. Yeah. And if you like an ARG, there's an ARG in there yeah. as well, because Daniel Mullins. Yeah. And one thing we haven't really talked about, but I think we've been talking about this game for enough time now that I can sort of talk lightly about this, is I really like how this takes mechanics from lots of different popular TCGs and sort of combines parts of them in interesting ways. I think at its core it is its own game. Yeah. But there you will get like little hints of uh a little bit of uh Yu-Gi-Oh, a little bit of magic with yeah. your power and toughness scores. I suppose there's sort of some Pokemon type stuff in uh, there. Yeah, like it's there's definitely like um there's some modern Yu-Gi-Oh in terms of like lane placement being important and picking which mm-hmm. lane to put your creature in having an impact on its abilities. There's like Yu-Gi-Oh is very around like sacrificing smaller creatures to get your bigger creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got a little bit of like a magic the gathering. There's no limit to how many things you can and monsters you can put down in a turn so long as you have the resources mm-hmm. to do so. There's some generate one particular type of something yeah. in order to like put down particular types of cards. Yep. Um there's some little hearthstone bits and like it never feels like it's relying on any of those too much, but it has just enough that it really feels like it was made someone that like has a real love for a wide variety of mm-hmm. TCGs and that's you can f- as someone that loves a good TCG, you c- you can feel that appreciation of the genre. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's real neat. Mhm. Ah. Oh. What about you? What have you played? What have I played? Well, I've started playing, and I'm very early on in it, because this this game is going to be very lengthy. I've started playing Shimigami Tensei Five. Uh, That's the one on the with Switch. the penis chariot, right? That's the one with the penis chariot. Um, For anyone who plays and enjoys the Persona games, Shimigami Tensei did come first, but I'm going to describe it in Persona terms because it's the easiest way to talk about it. What if Persona had, like, a lot less character and personality... And a lot more focus on really tough combat and intricate um, party mechanics. Mm. Um, Where Persona wants to be, like, colourful and engaging and constantly like, oh, hell yeah, we're doing cool shit. Shimigami Tensei V is very, like, everything is bleak, everything is grim, we've designed this for your 19-year-old brother that thinks that anything being colourful is really, like, not cool. Um, Here is, like, a really ridiculous um, combat system learn the really nitty-gritty stuff in it. Mm. Um, and, like, it's not overly complicated, but it gives you, like, lots of room to play around. So if you've played a Shimigami Tensei or really any JRPG, turn-based battle in an open world, you see the enemies, you touch them, you do a battle. Um, 
if you use an enemy's weak uh, weakness on them, it gives you additional attacks before it goes over to the enemy's turn. Um, there's a little bit like a um, active time battle system, or you know those t- kind of battle systems where it's like you have this many actions and then it's the enemy turn. Mm-hmm. You can basically add on to that by hitting weakness attacks uh, or critical hits, things like that. Um, when you're in battle with an enemy, you can try and have a conversation with them, much like in Persona, to bring them over to your team as a summonable ally. But rather than having other characters in your party, it's just you and up to three of your uh, captured creatures. Um, The conversations to make the monsters join your team have always been really janky in Persona and Shimigami Tensei games. This is the least janky they've been. Mm. I have had the most consistently strong sense of, oh, that's the correct answer to this question. I understand what the game wants from me. Rather than, oh no, this was translated word for word and the context doesn't really make sense in English. Fuck. A lot less of that from what I've seen so far. Mm. Um, in terms of like the combat mechanics, the game's a little unforgiving, but um, you get your creatures, you confuse them together to make other creatures, and if you do, you can pick a handful of moves from each one you fuse together and make that the move list of the new fusion. Uh-huh. So you can be like, oh, I want the attack moves off this and the healing moves off that. Fuse them together, you've got something new that has those moves. Uh, there are some mechanics around draining skills off of other of other creatures and putting them onto a new creature, uh-huh. but there are some downsides to doing that. But if there's a specific skill you really want to get on that creature, you can do it that way. Uh-huh. Um, there's a lot of like really niche mechanics around like how do you want to get this creature the exact set of like moves and stats you want it to have Mm. and if you play around with that system a bit it gives you a lot of freedom to have creatures with a wide variety of moves they shouldn't have in order to always have a maximized chance of having the weakness of a certain enemy on your team Mm. um and that is a very satisfying combat system like i've been having a lot of fun playing around in that the problem is, I know that that's not going to be novel enough to get me the whole way through this game by mm. itself. Like, that's interesting right now, and at some point I'm going to have a few very strong creatures and go, yeah, I feel like I know what I'm doing now, I can just use this party. The problem is, once I reach that point, I suspect that I'm going to struggle to keep playing, because there's not the amazing soundtrack, really distinctive visual design, the other party members I'm emotionally engaged with, the, you know, um, interesting story, the dungeons being wrapped into the narrative like none of that's there yeah and that's the stuff in a persona that usually keeps me going outside of the combat mm. and i don't i do this every time i i, I will pick up a persona i will pick up a shimigami tensei game and i'll probably play like 30 hours of it and i'll just drop off of it without noticing and i will have really enjoyed that time but i will have just i will reach a point where i'm like i'm just doing jrpg combat without any real investment in why and mm. I will just forget to go back to it. But for now, I'm enjoying it. Hey. Uh, what about you? What are you? What are you playing? Um, uh, I stopped playing Breath Edge. Yeah. Uh, this was the um sort of in space, little bit immature humor yes. one, and that the humor was like really putting you off a bit. The humor was putting me off a bit, and some of the like mission stuff was getting really grating. Yeah. Like. 
I had so many things like on my screen as like, hey, you can go over here. This is a hotspot. This is a hotspot. This is a hotspot. And they were all like constantly on my screen. It wasn't yeah. a case if you can get far enough away and they'll start to dim or something. Yeah. It was, these are all on the screen all of the time. A little bit overwhelming, it sounds. Just, it was very difficult to keep track of things. Sometimes you would like come out of your uh, like little sleep pod and try and work out which was the closest thing to you or you'd go and visit one particular thing you go into where the marker is pointing to and when you came out of it you'd be like okay there was two things near me is it those things or those things oh, or is it gosh. those things over there this this sounds like a real brain worms kind of game of just like oh oh there's too many things happening <laughs> like trying to work out what i need to do because there isn't enough like in there isn't enough to suggest what you could be doing and there is so much... For, there. At one point, you are basically given, like, nine or ten different things you can do. You're yeah. given, like, a load of new uh, equipment, um, new things you can do, including uh, basically a base-building gun. As yeah. long as you've got the materials in your inventory, you can be like, okay, I'm going to build a um, an airlock, and then I'm going to build a little sleeping quarters inside that, and I, or, or a habitat inside that, and then I'm going to build all the little things inside the habitat yeah. to make my own base. It's like, okay, so there's there's base building now. I can build an oxygen generator in there. But do I do I need anything else at the, this point? Do I what what exactly is going on here? It, and I started yeah. to scroll through the um the rest of the uh like the the walkthrough just to mm. get an idea. Like yeah. First of all, I wasn't that far in. Yeah. Like, there seemed to be so much more ahead of me. And it felt like I'd played 30 hours. And I looked it up and I realised I'd played, uh, what, maybe, gosh, um, seven or eight hours. And it felt like I'd played 30 and I wasn't enjoying it enough. So I skimmed through the rest of the, um, rest of the walkthrough just to sort of see what sort of things were coming up. And it was lots of do a thing... You'll get a something kind of silly that will happen. Like the next, the next part and part I was on was lower the radiation level by six points. Yeah. So okay, you go to these various locations, you solve various things, find things, scan something, open something with a new type of weapon or or, or whatever, hmm. find a gun, um, what what whatever it is, get through this whole period, and then you will have done this. The solution to that ended up being you do all these things and it tells you to go into the menu and lower the radiation. Apparently there's just a setting in the menu to lower the radiation. Ha ha! The more I hear about this fucking game, the more it just sounds like it has so little respect for its players. Yeah. 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 Like, there, there seemed to be some things that were, like, marginally tantalising. Some of the mechanics, the actual play mechanics, felt really good, but ultimately it seems to want to waste so much of your time. Yeah. And and then the time that you do spend seems to have taken so fucking long and, and achieved so little that it's not fun enough. Yeah. Even when you get a vehicle to like move a little bit on your own, it's not fun and the fact that like the next thing i would have to do is get like a big actual spaceship and start flying around quadrant to quadrant mm. to like and then still having to backtrack potentially right to the beginning of the game to go and, and go and get things it's like i 
No, I don't care. I just uninstalled yeah. it. <laughs> That's fair. I don't blame you. I probably would have done the same. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, I played a little bit of Halo Infinite last night Ooh. because the multiplayer released free to play. Yeah. Was it good or was that debatable? <laughs> um, so I had fun playing Halo Infinite's multiplayer, less because of Halo Infinite and more because I kept getting rocket launches and then running very close to people, like in dangerous range to use a, a rocket launcher, uh, shooting them and shouting, debate me, bro. Um, I had a great time. Not on voice chat. No, think. no, just just for Twitch chat. Um, but I mean, it's fine. It's a Halo multiplayer. I have nothing interesting to say about it. It's not doing anything where I can point to it and go, ah, that's a really interesting, unique thing that this online multiplayer shooter is doing that others do not. Mm. It's thing you point to is, it's Halo. Um, it looks very nice. Runs at a very like very nice looking like sixty frames a second high resolution like four K sixty frames a second on Series X looks very nice. It's a very nice looking online shooter, but I spent an evening playing capture the flag, take control of the checkpoints, pick up the thing and hold on to it to score points. The same thing um, as always there. Yeah, the, the, yeah, kill the other team's members fifty times. Like very predictable content that I'm like, yeah? There's no mode in here where I go, oh, this was actually really interesting and felt like you could have substituted in any any space sh- multiplayer shooter and I've got, yeah, this one looks very nice. It, also, like, melee damage is really fucking overpowered and the hitbox for melee is very weird. Um, it seems like melee is considerably more powerful than literally any gun. Nice. If if you punch someone, like, one fucking punch, I'm dead. I mean, you are like a super soldier, right? That yeah, but, like, sense. I can tank, like, let's say, like, 15, 20 seconds of bullet fire, or, from full health, one punch with gun, I'm dead. That doesn't feel quite... Spartans are OP. I mean, it, it feels weird. The, the it, it devalues the strength of the weapon slash overpowers the person, and that feels... It doesn't feel like that's how the game wants to be played. Mm. And is there a single player with this one? There is, but it's not out for three weeks. Okay. Yeah, so the the game and its multiplayer were going to be coming out on December 8th. Right. And they just released the multiplayer free-to-play early. This has been put back once already. Yeah, uh, all of it was meant to come out uh, at the launch of the Xbox. It was meant to be last year. Reckon this um, is maybe just placate the fans? I mean, I think part of it is that, and part of it is that... If they released the multiplayer on December 8th, it would be releasing after Call of Duty and after um, uh. Uh, Battle Battlefield. Um, whereas here, they've managed to get their free-to-play shooter out before the two of those uh, by splitting <laughs> it off from the campaign, which basically means, hey, if you're just looking for a first-person shooter multiplayer that's new on next-gen and you don't care which it is that comes first, ours is out first. And I mean... Yeah, considering how fucking lacking in original ideas this multiplayer seems to be, being out first probably is going to help. I assume it's full of microtransactions? Uh, Yeah, so there's the season pass, the way that a lot of them do it, where, like, you've got the free season pass, but only, like, some of the items you'll get for free. (laughs) And they'll show you all the things that are in the paid battle pass, and you'll be like, level two, if you bought the paid battle pass, you'd have this now, but you don't. And, like, d- doing it in that real FOMO way where it's, like, trying to get the player to go, 
I could have all of these things from the past 30 levels that, like, I've unlocked. I just don't have them. If I buy the battle pass, they'll all unlock instantly. <sighs> so much dopamine. Yeah, right. Um, It's that and also expensive uh, custom outfits in the store. Uh, there was one on launch day that was just, like, an all-white, cool-looking outfit. Guess how much for one out- one outfit for your fucking Halo multiplayer character that's a first-person game. You'll never fucking see it. 15 quid. Almost sixteen pounds. Wow! For one fucking like outfit. Um, the only thing I can say in its almost defense, um, which is not a good thing. It's only just not as bad as others. Um, you can buy the amount of fake virtual currency you need to buy that outfit in the exact amount the outfit costs. You do not have to purchase a larger amount and purchase the outfit and have okay. leftover stuff to go. Ah, oh, shit! I should spend that on something. So that's wow. okay. something, but mm. yeah, there was not like it played well and I had fun, but I will never feel the need to go back to it. I played it for like four hours and was like, yep, this was fun. I am done. <laughs> there, there is nothing unique about it. I just don't, I can't care about it. Oh dear. Uh, what about you? What have you played? Uh, we played some board games. We did we play some board, board games? Game again. Yeah, what, what did we play? Uh, we played five player Battlestar Galactica. Oh yeah, we did. And and, and you were a Cylon. I was and I you stayed hidden. I hid, I hid, I hid and rolled very well, yeah. I think. You stopped us getting to a... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, so we've talked about this game before. It's a hidden roll board game. Um, at five players is the minimum number where you get two people doing the hidden roll, mm-hmm. and oh, I prefer that. I yes. like having two people doing the hidden roll. Um, yes. So the short version of how this played out: some of the hidden roll cards are handed out in the first half, and some at the second half. Mm-hmm. None of us were saboteurs in the first half, nope. um, which did mean that. The the regular players were able to make very good progress unimpeded. Mm. Then the second half happened and two saboteurs pop up. My other saboteur very dramatically revealed himself at the table at a certain <laughs> point. Like he did he Trilling found his mustache. I mean, he found a really good moment where it would really hurt the team yeah. to screw up, and he very visibly like uh it was a round where everyone had to play their cards face up so everyone would know what was happening. And he very dramatically face up did a thing that fucked everyone over and revealed himself to be the Cylon. And I was there like, aha, you have taken all of the heat and attention so I can just quietly work over here. Yes. Little subterfuge. Yes, and then someone who wasn't uh, a, uh, a, a traitor <laughs> uh, decided to randomly put me in the brig because statistically I was more likely to um, be a traitor. Yeah. I was playing Gaius Bolter, as always. Um, and because I had three hidden roll cards rather than the normal two, I understand that statistically I was, but it completely threw me off of earlier. There's something, something you said that was like, yeah, it's a, it's a, oh my like, God. You it's couldn't a... put a finger on why, but you, you, you had your suspicions on me. And then I, I just, I played it so subtly. I didn't give you any reason to know for a fact it was me. Yep. Someone said the wrong thing. Your diver- your attention was completely gone, and I was like, "Ah, oh, hell yeah, I'm <laughs> in the free. fucking clear." Um, in order to just not actively screw over the other players, but just a lot of like not making optimal moves mm. and sort of wasting a turn here and there. I think that is the um, best way to play that hidden yeah. role. I I'm gonna be honest. I took a couple of fucking risks, which I don't think I told you about. Um, there's there's at least two turns in which 
I put in two negative cards and the uh, random deck didn't put any negative cards in. Oh, wow. And it entirely got uh, attributed to the negative deck. And I was like, oh, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, I had a couple of really, like, my, my heart just told me, I was like, this is this is the one. Go for it. Do it. Do it. Do it. They won't catch you. And and we didn't. Yeah. No, it worked. It worked out. I followed my gut and I... I secretly took you down from the inside. I think that was the most fun I've had playing that game in a really long time. Yeah, I want to play it more in that sort of group size. It's, it's one of those games that like, I keep going, oh, you know, we don't get it out enough, and a lot of the time it's a really dull time. And then you just have a good game of it. Uh, we and just go. had a really good game, I was like, nah, you know, I really do enjoy this. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, that was some Battlestar again. Five player, definitely... Superior, like it says, you can play in three. I don't think three is I, all that good. Five, five players. I think the minimum where it really gets good. I have heard that five is the optimum number to play. This I, game I kind of agree. I think I don't think you've played in like. I think I can't remember what the top is. It's like six I, or. I've not played above five, so like, who knows? But I, like, we've never played with a sympathizer. Oh yeah, the sympathizer seems interesting. Um, I I have played with the sympathizer, but it was so long ago that I've kind of forgotten. Yeah, I'd be interested to try six player at some point. Mm. Yeah, maybe maybe if people can can turn up and and come play with us, that'll be cool. We yeah. can do that. What else have we played? Um, well, I played one, one more video game. I want to get out <gasps> the, the way. Video if that's game. Right. Yeah, played one more of them. Tell us. Um. Definitely because it arrived early in the post and not through any other early access means of doing so. I've been playing a bit of uh, Pokemon uh, Brilliant Diamond. Yeah, um, brilliant is that diamond? Uh, so I've been having fun with it, but that is from a very specific perspective, and I'll sort of talk about it a little bit. Um, it is a very faithful and bare-bones remake of the original Diamond and Pearl. Mm-hmm. Um... Usually when the Pokemon Company themselves make these sort of remakes of older generation games, there's a certain expectation of a lot of uh, new features, uh, features from newer games sort of brought back, a lot of taking the plot stuff from the third entries and bringing that back, maybe modernising the plot a little bit. A lot of like really nice changes that make it feel like a lot of care has been put into making it a bit more special than just putting the original game out. Like it was worth doing. Yeah. And that hasn't really happened here. Mm. Um, and like, th- there's a very understandable reason why it is, mm. which is that um, it was talked about at the start of this year. This is the first one of these games that is not being done by the Pokemon company itself. It's not being treated the way it usually is as like, um, we're gonna we're gonna alternate mainline game remake mainline game remake. Mm-hmm. The main team is working on Pokemon Legends Ar- Arceus, the yeah. big sort of semi open world, mm-hmm. um, like big big ex- set in the before times. Yeah, the very ambitious seeming Pokemon, and they were like, we want to make this new ambitious thing, but we want to put a remake of Diamond and Pearl out, and we cannot do both at once. And we don't want to let that suffer, so we're gonna bring a new team to work on this remake, mm. and. It is a very it is a it is a nice looking remake. It it's it, if you like the original games and were just looking for a very faithful update of them. Okay. This is very good. So it feels more like a port, is what you're saying. It feels like a a port with a new set of visuals and music mm. in many ways. And like, there's a few little changes that I appreciate, particularly around shiny hunting. Um, 
there was a a way of poke of in, of shiny hunting in Diamond and Pearl that was to do with um using a radar and going to very specific patches of grass in a repeated order, mm-hmm. and they've made that a lot easier by making the patches of grass you have to move between constantly shake rather than it becoming sort of a memory game and. That's great. Some of those little like little quality of life changes are really nice and very appreciated, but if you're someone who went into this expecting the level of sort of care and additional content and expansion that Pokemon remakes usually are, mm. you're going to be a bit disappointed. Mm. And for me, it's not a big deal. I like Diamond and Pearl just fine. I'm excited to have a reason to replay them with nicer graphics and in a mo- on a modern thing I have access to. Mm. But... That's probably because Diamond and Pearl isn't, like, one of the generations I have the most emotional investment in. Mm. And I know that, like, Diamond and Pearl is many people's, like, favourite Pokemon game. Yeah. And I know that if you're in that quite large percentage of people that go, Diamond and Pearl is my favourite, I can't wait to see what they do with a full-fledged remake, Mm. you might be a bit disappointed. Because it's... It's the game you remember, and it's a very nice version of the game you remember. It's not a lot beyond the game you remember. Mm. Um... Like to the point that even some of the diamond, uh, some of the platinum stuff isn't in there, which is like a weird oversight. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm having a lot of fun with it, but I know that I can see the criticisms. My level of hyperfixation for Pokemon is like new Pokemon, yay, and I'm good with it. Mm. But I can 100% see the problems, and I'm like, I you don't. People are going to be disappointed. I don't mind this. There are going to be people who will. And, like, again, I think it doesn't help that we haven't played Legends Arceus. We don't know whether that is worth the trade-off of this being made by a later Mm. team. But until that comes out and we know whether that's good or bad, this is going to very visibly stand as, like, oh, yeah, this is that that remake that a different team did because the Pokemon company was busy. Mm. And it it has that feel to it. This is the Diamond of Pearl we have at home. Yeah. Like, this, this is no... Like, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee felt like more interesting thought through remakes than this does. Mm. And, like, for better or worse, those had, like, they felt like they had some vision behind how they were being remade. This feels like a cheaper remake in many regards than that. And I think a lot of people that love Gen 4 and, and... don't really care about Let's Go mm. are gonna be a bit like, wait, why did that get more time and money and attention than the the, the thing we've been begging for? Wait, which one's Gen three then? Uh, Gen three is Ruby and Sapphire. Uh... Yeah, uh, red, 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 blue, yellow, uh, gold and silver, Ruby, Sapphire, uh, Diamond and Pearl, black and white. X uh, and Y. Yeah, I think it's black and white, X and Y, Sun and Moon. Sword and Shield. Wow, that's... Yeah, okay. Yeah. Pokemon. I know about them. What about you? What have you slash we played? Probably more board games. We played some Scythe in five player. Yeah, we did. And I played one of the expansion factions. I played as the... uh, uh, Gosh, I can't... I'm trying to remember this off of my head. I think it's like Tokugawa? Yeah. The purple ones. The pur- I played as the purple ones. It's the purple ones that have got a, got a very spherical, sh- rounded shape They've to got their max. Beautiful max. Yeah. The one with the, the monkey and the, the staff that looks like you're a fucking wizard. It does have a slightly wizardiness. Yes. It. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a fascinating faction. They don't have like their own like standard river walk. 
They can cross any river, but they can only cross one river per turn. Uh, yes. And only one, one unit. So a mech can take as many uh, yeah. workers across a, a river as they want. But that's it. Also, they don't have a speed mech, so yeah. you can't go any faster. Yes. I feel like, in hindsight, I was trying to think about how to get that faction around quicker at the start of the game. I, I feel like I... the quickest thing you maybe could have done is built the mine as quickly as possible, um, right where you started, and then used it to hop around from mine to mine around the board. Might yeah, have gotten I wasn't you super close to wood, though. Yeah, it's... Like, it took me until almost the end of the game before I started getting wood. Yeah. Like, in high, like you could maybe go, like, two, uh, a couple of turns of trading near the start of the game, trade for wood, you got enough wood. Bear in mind that they can't use the same action twice in a row, so it would yeah, be yeah. three actions to get oh, in- indeed, enough yeah. wood to do the it, first building. Yeah. It, 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 I'm certainly not saying it's an easy faction, but I'm thinking mm. about things that might be worth trying on future goes. Yeah, I mean, like, like I've thought about it since. There's things I would do. I would um, certainly spread out more, more quickly. Yeah. Because I'm so isolated, and I was so no threat to anyone, and no one was coming anywhere near me. Yeah. Like it was just, just because of the factions that everyone else had. You were all really cramped up near the top of the board, and there's just me sat here down in the corner, and we were just like, I, I tried to stay in my little corner, not bothering yeah. anyone. I think if someone had been playing, I think it's, um, I think it's Crimea next to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's Crimea next to me, the yellow ones. Yeah. I think they're the next faction over. I think if they'd been like really close to me, that might have been more of a problem. Yeah. Or, um, and the the person who was playing the black faction, like, they were like, well, I've got all this space over here, I don't need to bother you, I'm just going to keep out of yeah. your way. And they, for for the early part of the game, were like, okay, I'm just going to head to the left bottom corner, because yeah. there's no one in that corner, and then start expanding up. At which point, white was above and already starting to get really aggressive, blue was coming down from the top and being played really well. Yeah. Um... But white and blue have their own off-board arguments <laughs> that they needed to settle on the board, apparently. Uh, um, and there's just you just trying to get on with your own thing. I started, I, what, one yeah. fight, I think? Uh, I started, I think, one fight just to get a particular objective for it, because yeah. I had a, I had the thing where I can take a worker that usually can't do fights with a mech to a fight, yeah. and then I get an extra combat card in the fight. Yes. Um... But yeah, like, I generally stayed in my own little corner, and I basically, like, built up my tiny little stockpile. I had a thing that let me run to the factory and get a factory card, and that was a, I got a really good factory card that let me build my mechs and my buildings oh. really easily, um, at the expense of popularity. So I was like, okay, upgrade the thing that lets me get popularity, spend all my popularity on buildings and mechs, um... Then just mass bump the popularity because I can do the same action over and over with mm-hmm. my faction. Yeah, Risk Fear is one of my favourite factions. Yeah. It's really easy to play. Um, and like, we, I think we ended like a point or two apart. Like, one we were... point exactly. Yeah. You were on 62, I was on 61. It was surprisingly low scoring all round. Yeah. Um, I think that we both proved that not messing with the other players and just getting on with your own thing is. The best way to play. Yes. Even the person who was playing the Black Faction, who's like... And they also had the military uh, or, or the militant um, type uh, yes. boards, which meant that they were like, oh, this is a very military faction and I have the militant board. I should probably doing, be doing more combat. Even they didn't get sort of super heavily into it. Yeah. And I think that worked all the better for them. Yes. The I... two that were just like, 
fucking butting heads at the top <laughs> of the board. It's like, sure, I'm glad I'm not playing Albion because if I'd gone top top left and been oh, between you'd be those right two, smack in the middle, you'd have had a bad time. I wouldn't time. have had anywhere to move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was it was a really fun game. We played with the board yeah. extension. Yeah. So we had like a huge amount of space and it really did feel like standing up and pushing yeah. units around a battle map. It, Scythe is another game that really benefits from those big player numbers. It's really fun mm. to play when there's people just sort of getting in your way and you're going to have to deal with them a little bit at some point, probably. I feel like it becomes two different games. In two player, yeah. especially if you're on opposite sides of the board, it can very much be a case of, this is a puzzle. How can yeah. I do this in the least number of turns and generate the most amount of money yes. on my own? Yes. Whereas as soon as you start to hit three or four players, yeah, you are starting to find resources a little bit more difficult, yeah. especially if you're specifically going out of your way to do expeditions. Yes, and more so than that, even just like, people might not be actively coming for you, but they might just be getting in your way. Yes. And there's a lot of, oh no, my plan has to change because you went over there. Yeah, oh no, my plan has changed because you went over there. And those things that are like, hey, could you move out of the way so I can do a thing? Yes. And while that might be a, a, an organisation between two particular players, a third player can just go, well, I'm just going to pop in there while no one's in there, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, had a good time. Oh, it was great. Yeah. I love Scythe. And, and that was fun. It might, once we've got everyone a few more games in, maybe yeah. we will get the airships in because we <laughs> have the expansion. Yeah, yeah. It would be nice to try it out. And once again, we broke out the uh, Roxley Iron Clays. Oh, yeah. And that was fun. Yeah. Just sat there for a couple of hours fondling them between play. Oh. <laughs> um, and then we played another board game. We did. We, we played... spent most of Sunday oh. playing more um, Gloomhaven and Jaws of the Lion. Lion. Um, we did uh, We did our first big boss fight, yeah. which uh, we accidentally did on level three difficulty rather than level one, but we did it. We did it. Um. We found a good app, web app for doing for like managing a lot yes. of the stuff, which we saves us table Gloomhaven, space. Uh, Gloomhaven uh, helper. helper web app, yeah, which is really good. It's really good. I misunderstood what I was clicking on. I thought I was clicking three players and clicked difficulty level three, but we made it through. We did, yeah. and we didn't actually have that much difficulty on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, like we were getting the boss little... was fine. It was when yeah. we did the mission after that, which turned out to be a loyalty mission for one of our characters. Yeah, which I. I will take blame for that mission going the way it did. We got through it. We did. We didn't realise we got through it until about ten minutes after we packed away. Oh, yeah. We we thought the objective was uh, defeat all enemies, where it was only defeat uh, this, this, yeah, this one very big, very tough enemy. And we did. And we had, like, two enemies left on the board, and we were like, oh, no, we don't have enough cards to just finish getting over that finish line. Yes, because basically if, if the player whose loyalty mission it was ran out of cards and became exhausted then that was the yeah. considered game over. But we had already defeated the boss at that point. Yeah. So far, every mission we'd done, the objective had ultimately been like, maybe do some other things along the way, but ultimately destroy all the enemies. Yes. And this was the first one where it was only a specific enemy that needed to be defeated. Yes. And, oh, that was a chaotic fight. But it was, even though it was such a mess, mm -hmm. I had a great time. Yeah. It was very tense and we were all like, Oh no, we have no resources. Quick, uh, throw away your very limited number of cards to not die. Ah, uh, do your do your big attack. That's the the big thing you can do. Ah, 
it, it maybe was... don't go rushing in quite so much next no, time. I know that, but I had new things I wanted to try out, and I didn't realise how fucked she I would be. She tore through the level, gaily skipping over barricades and destroying <laughs> them on the way, plonked herself down in front of the boss and proceeded to get seven bells knocked out of her. I mean, I took off, like, half the boss's health in, like, two moves. I do not deny that. Yeah. I may <laughs> have caused you... us problems later, but I did... Do a very big hit. <laughs> I didn't want him to walk away from the wall. I'm very good at doing damage when he's near the wall. Laura rushes in. <laughs> Look, I'm usually very much the calm, sensible person when we play board games, but occasionally it's fun to... I, I have a character that goes, hey, I can just rush in. You can just rush in. Rush in! You split the party. I did split the party. I had fun. <laughs> I had <laughs> I, I spent most of the game going, oh god, I don't know how I can keep them alive. I haven't moved. <laughs> <laughs> I was still sat on the like on the first thing, like four turns in. And well, no, I think it was like th- on the beginning of the third turn, I hadn't moved off my starting position. You were currently just wailing on the boss at the far side of the room, just <laughs> holding him up against a wall and punching <laughs> the crap out of him. <laughs> Our, our like our, our red guard was slowly moving forward. Like, okay, deal with these snakes. I'll deal with this thing over here. And I'm like, everyone's run off. Uh, come back so I can heal you. I love you. I hope you will forgive me. I was having, I was having a moment. You, you certainly were. It was great time. I look forward to playing more Shores of Light because that game is fucking awesome. Oh, it's great. Um, like even playing as recklessly as we did, we had just about enough that we almost could have killed all the enemies anyway almost like, like we only had two enemies left on the board and again that's the mark of a good game i think like when it's gonna be a real tight thing yeah. either either way yeah like that level three boss fight we did was challenging enough that we, it was perfectly balanced i think because i think it was, was that one person was going to run out of cards at the end of that last turn i think it was me i think i ran out of cards on um, the very last turn. Yes, and then you two had to finish that very last attack. Yes, at which point technically you yeah. had already defeated the boss. So technically we did get to the end of the thing in yeah. perfect time. Also, we got more experience out of her. Yeah. And who knows, oh. maybe we will do more levels at slightly higher difficulty. Yeah, like maybe not the loyalty missions, but I could t- certainly like the next numbered mission in order we do. I'm yeah. up for doing that level two or three. We've leveled up now, so. Yeah. Yeah, so technically we played that level on very hard. <laughs> we did it. Cause we did. Yeah. it's. I didn't think I'd enjoy like a technical number crunching dungeon crawler this much. No, same. Which but, is why I held off getting it for so long. But like, I think it helps having the person we've been playing it with. We've been having a great time. Like, yeah. it's They've been the right person, I think, to play this with. They, they are the person that wanted to play this. They that, that, that like proposed this as a thing. Um, they... They still haven't really played any D&D, and I've suggested that we will play a D&D game with them. But I think for them, like, getting to do the, like, dungeon crawly aspect, as they yeah. play a lot of Warhammer, or paint a lot of Warhammer, at yeah. least. Like, that is a sort of thing that they would be very interested in. They they do a lot of, like, strategy games, like the Total yeah. War games. and I still think at some point... it. I know there's three of us. Um, I think they'd really enjoy um, Lord, Lord Lord of the Rings, the Lord of the Rings game. I mean, I'm uh, happy to sit and teach you both and and yeah. just watch it unfold if you want to play each other. I I mean, I think I think he'd really enjoy that. I feel like that'd be what, a, a game he'd dig. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to sit through you two playing that and just 
watching the strategy unfold in front of me because just be the eye of Sauron to the side like yes yes I mean I'll I'll sit to one side just being like hmm law 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 tell us about all of the hobbity things I can point to Rivendell on a map without like needing to scan the entire top yeah you can be our Lord of the Rings law law giver I can point everything out on the map and tell us like that's what was happening in this place at this point in the story <laughs> Kirithongol, it's it's there. Uh, so I think that's everything I've played this week. I think that's everything I've played this week. Well then, time for this. Right, everyone, everyone, uh, we're here to announce the uh, rules for our event going forward. I uh, know that things have been a little bit um, have been a lot recently. Um, nothing, nothing major, nothing major. But when you come along in a couple of weeks, you will need to show proof of vaccination status and a negative COVID test taken on the day. We think that's a very reasonable, very reasonable uh, thing to request of you. Oh, uh, yeah, oh, it's, it's ridiculous, the government, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, oh, it's pandemic, pandemic, oh, this is, oh, it's Project Fear, Project no. Fear. Look, I know you don't, I know some of you here are not fans of vaccination and COVID testing, but... In our defense, they did have to write a literal, like, medical study about the last time we ran this event because so many people got sick. Ah, oh, well, yeah, yeah, we, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just fear-mongering, isn't it? Fear-mongering, yeah. Yeah, but, like, literally, like, a new strain of illness developed inside the building and, like, we had to... We had to we had to hazmat suit the whole place down and quarantine it for three weeks. People couldn't leave and see their loved ones. It got so bad. Ah, well, well, it wasn't that bad. Wasn't that bad? The bar was still open. People's people's bones turned inside out. It was a lot. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I mean, okay, so a few people died. That's no reason to take away people's. Lives. Almost the entire everyone died. The United Nations had to get involved. It was a worldwide crisis centred in our little music venue. Yeah, but America didn't end up nuking us after all, did they? We literally just don't want the... the we were the epicentre of a worldwide event. Please just stay home or do the bare minimum. Ah. We'll give you a 10% discount on your ticket. What? Have you had a bad experience with someone you just want to block entirely on and offline? Yeah. Try Personal Block. They'll never be able to see or interact with you again, thanks to our patented dimensional skewing technology, saving you from awkward family gatherings, uncomfortable chance meetings, or any kind of unwanted digital or analogue communication. They literally don't know I exist. Thanks, Personal Block. Personal Block. Because, uh, people. So, what have you put in your eyes? Ah, I've not put a lot in my eyes. We've watched a couple of films together, though. We did watch a couple of films. Uh, we watched... Shocking, I know. Yeah, I know, right? We we had an evening and nothing to do, and we watched some films. We watched uh, Shang-Chi. Yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, that's... I, on a second viewing, I maintain it's one of the better MCU superhero origin films. I keep films. forgetting you've already seen it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I went, I did a cinema trip and saw it with a friend. Would you say it's as good on a smaller screen? Oh, I think so. Yeah, it, tr- it translates well because I imagine, yeah. I, like, especially that like final stuff. 
Oh yeah, like there's there's the spectacle is is. Still... I mean, I mean, there's always there's always some spectacle lost, but like I don't think that the impact was lessened. I think mm. that it's still it's such a well paced origin film. I love it. Like it... Out of all the the super, like new superhero movies, where especially the ones where I didn't know anything about the character yes. before, like this is one definitely one of the ones where I was like. I was engaged with it. It was easy to read the fight scenes. It didn't feel like yes. a swirling mass of brightly coloured and yet somehow still grey. Yeah, like I talked about this when I saw it the first time. Like, I love that. It's it's very clear that there are cleverly disguised cuts involved. Like yeah. uh, the bus fight near the start is a really good oh, example. Really good. And you can see exactly what they've done to do that. But like, mm. even so... It's all, like, very decently length shots that are not too zoomed in, not too shaky, where you can follow the movement, and even in, like, chaotic, fast-moving scenes, they're shot in such a way that you can follow consistently what's happening. Yeah. It's not just like a blur of cuts. the towards the end, where it's, like, the red guys versus the blue guys. Yeah, but, like, even... That's the thing. Even when it gets up to, like, your big hero finale, yeah. it's still very visually clear to understand what's going on, what the stakes are. Yeah. I think it very well establishes, like... It still manages to be emotional while yeah. still dealing with, with like, yeah. the big spectacle stuff towards the end. It, it, sets, it sets up the new hero without relying on other hero stories being too, lo like, tied into it. Mm -hmm. um, I like that it goes as long as it does essentially just being a martial arts film for a lot of its runtime. Yeah. I, I thought it was funny. I really liked a lot of the supporting cast. Yeah, we got to see some interesting stuff from other parts of the MCU. We got to see Abomination <laughs> from the original Hulk film. I yep. Mean, what? Yep. Um, Between that and uh, the recent What If, which referenced the Hulk movie. Yeah. Like the like Edward Norton's Hulk movie. Like, are yes. we going back into that? I, I wonder if She-Hulk's going to mess around with that, maybe. I suspect that is very possible. Yeah. But, like, I, I like what it did with playing around with Iron Man 2 a bit. Um, yes. I... I think that it does a really good job of um when I saw this when I saw this the first time the person I was seeing it with made a really good observation which was that it deals with its backstory the way that anime tends to do and mm. like the comparison point I think really works for it is something like Full Metal Alchemist you start with your very big in media res actiony here's a cool action thing get you invested set up the characters as they are on their adventure and then as you go through doled in little bits of the backstory as you go rather than in one big dump. Mm. And that kind of pacing, I think, really benefited it. Yeah, I think I think it was really good. It, it kept me engaged. Like, uh, Aquafina is a brilliant comedy oh, sidekick character. Very, very good as um, support it, supporting role comedy type. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of fun. Visually, it was like the, the, the Golden Daggers Fight Club thing was yeah. like fascinating. Um, um, yeah, like it really kept me engaged throughout, which like, to be honest, there have been more and more Marvel films that I've just sat there going, you fucking what? <sighs> yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, I mean, okay, there have been a, uh, some better ones in the last few years. Yeah, it... <sighs> This is definitely one of the one of the the ones I put right up the top. Yeah. I, I am looking if this is the sort of thing we can look forward to with um like introducing new characters into yeah. the franchise. I hope we get more of this because this was yeah. really well done. The, the hope I have, and I don't know whether this is overly optimistic, but the hope I have is that now they've gotten through most of the roster of the very well-known heroes that have a lot of baggage about people already knowing what their deal is, mm. and as such expecting certain. 
things to both be communicated but also not take too long with that have pre-trodden backstories. I'm hoping that now that they're doing more new stuff and can go... Because I, I think about a lot of the origin stories I've enjoyed the most. They've been the ones that I didn't really know much about going in. Guardians of the Galaxy. First Guardians of the Galaxy was pretty fun. Um, like uh, Ant-Man. Ant-Man was a pretty good origin one. Um, like some of, I feel like the ones that people know less about, they've done a better job at setting up. Yeah, I'm uh, and to be fair, like I'm sure there are plenty of people who know those franchises yeah, no. very well. I know, yeah. But... but like they are certainly less... Like, if you ask the average person in the street yes. who doesn't read comic that's, books... That's what I'm trying to communicate, yeah. Is more like, of those sorts of... Yeah, I couldn't tell you, like, oh, what's the one the one backstory for this character they'll definitely do? What's Some, the, what, Somebody yeah. under 30 who's actually heard of Venom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or um, hasn't actually heard of Venom. Um, yeah. Beyond Spider-Man 3. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, Shang-Chi's real good. Yeah, um, I, I love the emotional stakes. I thought it was like, they did such a good job of setting up why the villain clash made sense. Yeah, and... the, the uh, creature, I, not really fair to say design, because it's based on uh, like yeah. uh, Chinese mythology, but the, like, the, the way they brought those creatures to life. The, the not lifting directly from Chinese mythology, but taking inspiration and I doing interesting... Were. Well, yeah, but I mean, yes. in some cases, they they took some things from Chinese mythology and did interesting twists on them in a couple of cases. Like the the food dogs are um, like obviously a bit broader than you might see in yeah. in the classic art. I can't remember what the Chinese name for them is, but like yeah, like Kitsune, um, those were really beautifully done. I can't remember what the name of the little six legged thing with no faces. Oh but like, yeah, the they, thing with the wings look, and no face. They yeah. look very much like you would. We'll see there's, them in, in yeah. the classic art. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's mm, it's real good. Yeah, it's it's really nice. It's visually stunning, and oh. I I hope we get more of this. Also, some someone has pointed out that it passes the Beckdale test multiple times. Yeah, and it has more female supporting cast than than men. Yeah, which is yeah. nice. Um. Also, the soundtrack's amazing. Mm-hmm. Such a good soundtrack. Oh, yes. Um, moving from that, a film uh, I have much more complicated thoughts about. Uh, the Eternals. Uh. Yeah. So, <laughs> The Eternals... Mm, I, while we were watching The Eternals... I was tuning out, I'll yeah. be honest. Oh, no, that's fair. No, while we were watching The Eternals, one thing I, I remember saying was that it really felt like... It really felt like Justice League. Like the Justice League film. Didn't bother, because I knew I wouldn't be interested. Yeah, and here's the thing. I was making that as a surface level comparison, because you've got your Wonder Woman, you've got your, your Flash, Superman, got your, your Flash. Yeah. Superman, yeah. yeah, but beyond that, I think the comparison's a lot better, in that it's trying to establish an ensemble cast film in a single movie. It's trying to establish ten people. Yes. It's, plus it's... a villain, like, plus... Slightly more stuff to do with the um, yeah, uh, the uh, the celestials. Yes, um, that's the thing. It's trying to set up emotional engagement in way too large of a cast in a single film. Not only that, a cast that have been around since the beginning of time and as such have a fuck lot of backstory. Yeah, plus a villain, plus. The current modern day stakes, plus the, oh, the gang split up, we gotta get the gang back together, plus the actual fucking plot of the film. Plus sidekicking a character who's gonna have his own movie soon. Yes. Um, Could have been a Disney series. 
yeah, like one, they have yeah. eight-hour series is happening yeah. a lot now. Well, Why was yeah. this not a series? One hundred percent think this would have done so much better as a series because, yeah. like, here's time the th- to actually yeah. engage with people, time to actually get to yeah. care about people. Like, uh, when when one one of them dies near the beginning, I was like, I yeah. can't even remember which one that is. Yeah, like the again. <sighs> oh. Again, this is why I make the comparisons to uh, Justice League. Like, it is way too much attempting to establish way too many very disparate backstories and make them all come together and then set up what the thing... Like, it's way too... Like, Justice League still try and introduce everybody even though you've got the series and not the previous... Yep. What? Well, I mean, some of them hadn't even been announced by... Ju- uh, hadn't had their own standalones in Justice League. So, I, like, I guess. We'd, had, we'd had Batman, but it wasn't the same Batman. We'd only had this Batman in Batman vs. Superman. Uh-huh. Um, the Wonder Woman was there, but there was also, like, uh, Cyborg was there. The Flash was introduced. But, but um, the Flash has a series. Yeah, but it's, it's complicated as to whether the two are exactly the same what? crossing over. Aquaman <laughs> had to be introduced and like I don't think the movie had, uh, for Aquaman had happened yet. I think this set up the Aquaman movie. Oh. Like it was a fuck it was a That sounds like fucking chaos. Yeah, it was it they it was them trying to jump to their Avengers without doing the f- multiple movies that led up to the Avengers. Yeah. And like that's the thing this film had. It felt like it was multiple it tried it wanted to skip over telling multiple stories and just go Here's who they are, and here's all their history, and here's what they're doing now, and here's why they split up, and here's when they come back together, and then here's the actual plot. Like, there were a few points in that film... I I agree, sorry, yes. Yeah, I agree. Um, There are a few points in the film that I felt would have been absolutely fascinating. Like, um, like some of the key early scenes. Like, like you could have done an hour about, we have come to life, we've been sent to this planet. Like, what, beyond, like, that, like, three or four paragraph crawl at the beginning. Oh god, what, yeah. What are, what are these deviants? Also, are they different for the deviants from the Time Variance Authority that anyone who's been watching this, the Loki series is now going to be confused about, maybe? No, definitely not the same thing. Okay, let's call them the same thing. Or maybe just change it. Like, Marvel changes so much for the movies, why not rename something just to make it more manageable? Yeah... Yeah. Um, so, like, that could have been fascinating. Like, okay, we'll introduce these characters over, over like, an hour. The fact that, like, two of them fell in love. They'd fallen in love and broken up before I even memorised who they fucking were. Yeah, and that's the thing. I feel like there's so many bits of this that would have been really interesting if we could have had time to stop and sit with them. The ancient Babylon stuff would have been... Oh my god, like, yeah. Yeah, like... There was, what, two minutes in Ancient Babylon. I was like, you've built this amazing world and, what, nothing's happening now? A lot of the scenes it set up purely long enough to go, this happened and it was bad, go. Like, it didn't let you work your way into a scene. It didn't give you any build-up. It would just jump on a scene. That being said, all of this criticism aside, I did really enjoy the final act. I think it eventually hit a point where I was having fun. But it really fucking took its time spinning its wheels to get there. I would, I was still struggling. I think the 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 most fun I had was the Bollywood stuff. Oh, t- I thought yes. that was like really interesting and fun. Like we got a bit of of comedy and less of the the po faced yeah. we are gods and blah blah blah, and yeah. interaction. Like it settles down a bit during that whole plane flight and and the little bit before that. Yeah. 
Like, that was about the time I really got sort of focused and interested on. But then, like, we get to the final fight. We, we've we spent, what, 30, yeah. 40 minutes getting the gang back together? I, I think you could have cut a lot of the getting the gang back together and a lot of the past. I think you could have really, like, gone, like, two or three key scenes from, like... I you could, because, like, there is so little engagement there already. I mean... To cut more of it out. I mean, I think there are certain... Okay, to, to clarify... Uh, for example, there is a point in the past where we get just a montage of the past happening for, yeah. like, several minutes. The past happens. The past happens, and they are there for several minutes. And I'm like, that could have been cut. Like, I think you could have cut a lot of the getting the gang back together, and you could have gone, like, this is who they were. This is the past. Uh, they've separated apart. Oh, no, shit's going down. Don't go on a quest to find them all. They just all get back together, and then we There's get into like the final There's like a beacon, act. and they all come together. Yeah, yeah. Like I, th- I think that like you could have summoned them all together, and they could have gone. We don't, uh, we're we don't like each other. With lives have gone different ways, but we do have to deal with this thing. I would argue that you need all the stuff in the past, as confusing as it was, but it maybe would have been better in a god. And we pressed the beacon button because we went back yeah, to the ship. Yeah. And and everyone's back together and being like, why have we been called yeah. here? You've begrudgingly dragged me away from my life. I'll tell you about what I was up to. But like, I, I'm here now. What's up? Yeah. Yeah. Like we. Oh, and apparently the 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 thing with that one flying character. Yeah. Not from the comic books. Okay. Added specifically by the studio because that character has a thing. Related to that thing that happens. And they went, well, we have to do that. Because there's the thing. Wink. Ugh. It's like, <laughs> Gosh. Like, it could, it would have made so much more sense as, sense as like a 10 episode series. Yeah. We have like a couple of, like an establishing episode of who they are. A few episodes set uh, in, in the past. Three episodes of getting the gang back together. And then like... A, a, like a big finale episode like maybe an hour and a half long yeah and it's big and epic and it does all the thing yeah and maybe answers some of the questions that were left at the end of that because yeah. things happen and you're like mm, mm, i but i don't wish to be a stickler but just a little bit of science maybe yeah i can, can I, you ex- at least explain how that isn't doing a thing yeah um i feel like and i've just had this thought I think that you could have swapped Captain and the Winter Soldier could have been a film. <laughs> yes. And this could have been the Marvel series. It yes. could have been the Disney Plus series. I would so much rather watch less Cap- uh, Cap- yeah, Captain and the Winter Soldier. I think that plot could definitely have been condensed and this one could have done with a uh, expansion. Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I... I wish I... I wish this film had less impact on the rest of the broader MCU because... Shit happens in this that is going to be very fucking important, and I'm like, oh god, I this need desperately needs some kind of like good director's cut. Someone can throw I together. Or I something. don't know if if this is no. gonna come back in the MCU because apparently it did so badly at the box office. Yeah, but they've already announced like four other films that tie into it that are already queued up. Yeah, and but I don't think and... we're gonna get a sequel to this. No, but I I th- I, th- I think this might just be dead in the fucking water and good. I mean. <sighs> Give us a series. I don't think good. I think it's a real... Look, I don't think this film was good, but I think it had a lot of really interesting ideas and it's going to be a real shame if we we can't get a sequel because they've done all of the really bloated work now. Okay, then we need our Shang-Chi Let's 
like retcon everything that was awful in this oh, film. Oh yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I agree with you. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I. Yeah, they they cannot get off this particular train for a while, and they're gonna have to do some some more stuff with the fucking Eternals. But I, yeah. how much they can wind them down, I suspect they will be looking at. But that's I a real shame. I haven't felt this poorly about a Marvel film. Yeah, since fucking Iron Man two or um, Thor: The Dark World was the one I always think about being real rough. Here's the thing: Thor: The Dark World put so little impact in my head that I've completely forgotten about it. I believe yeah. there were dark elves. I couldn't tell you any. Christopher Eccleston wanted to harness the darkness for dark reasons. Don't remember. Don't remember Christopher Eccleston. I do remember Age of Ultron and nearly walking out of the cinema. <laughs> um, and that was the other one I was going to say of, of of the two yeah. two Marvel films that this reminded me of. Of just like it's so boring I'm... and you're trying to squeeze too much in. Yeah, I am very curious if the thing is now that I've watched it and I know what is happening and I'm not going to be so fucking confused. I'm like going in knowing what to expect. Could I watch this and get more out of it? Maybe. Will I? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's no Shang-Chi. It's no Shang-Chi. Uh, and it feels weird to like come off of one that was so good and get into this that was so bad. It it really is <laughs> the dichotomy of like the most I could feel either end about a Marvel film, I think. Oh yeah, definitely. And like, look, I want to love The Eternals. There's a lot of little things I like in it, but it just feels like all the things that are wrong with Justice League. Uh, that's not a comparison you want, Marvel. <laughs> uh, what about you? Have you watched anything else this that, week? That, that was quite enough for me, thank you. As does it for me as well. Well then, <gasps> time for this. Laura, Laura, got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you sometimes get like ear earworm? Oh yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'll get a thing stuck in my head. Um. There was a weekend recently where I just had a TikTok sound that was just, um, don't put your, what was it? It was something about not putting your penis in a toaster. Sometimes you got to put your penis in yeah, a toaster. Yeah, it was, um, look, look a little closer. Please don't stick your penis in the toaster. Every, every day I, it's getting closer. Every day it's getting closer. Please don't stick your penis in a toaster. <laughs> Yeah, right? You can see how that would be an earworm. I, uh, yes. Yes, yeah. I can. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. So yes, I get earworms Why sometimes. Why would you want to get rid of that? That's amazing. I Look, it's amazing until you've had it in your head for like 14 <laughs> hours and you're like, I can't stop thinking about not putting the penis in a toaster. I mean, if someone said it's a bit late for that. Yeah. Oh, oh look, new lower surgery just dropped. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, I, occasionally I'll get a thing stuck in my head. But would you like a way of getting rid of that? I mean, look, occasionally I would, because occasionally I've got to like, talk to actual sensible people and it's not good if I start humming the penis in a toaster song in front of them sometimes. I mean, as long as you're only humming it, it will be the original Yeah, tune, but right? then they'll ask what I'm humming and I'll be like, oh, I'm humming, and Bloody before humming. I realise it, I'll have sung a song about a penis in a toaster at them. Be useful to get it out of my head sometimes. I, I mean, I get, also, I suppose, going to bed. Oh, God, yeah, that's the fucking worst, right? Yep. I need to sleep. Please don't put your penis in the toaster. <laughs> <laughs> how do I... How are you going to help me? Earwormbegone.lol.net 
they have a special device that will whisper a shocking, unknowable, unfathomable truth about existence into your ear. So surprising and revelatory that the song will be gone from your mind. God. Oh god, that sounds like a lot. But get rid I of mean, the room. song won't be in there, I guess. I'll just be sat thinking about cosmic unknowable knowledge. Well, I guess you'll sort of know about it at that point. Well, yeah, I guess. Um, and possibly be fathoming it as well, I suppose. I mean, point. I'll be trying to fathom it. Whoa. Whether I can or not depends on how effectively it got the earworm out of my head. Well, I would imagine so, because you'll be very focused on this unknowable, unfathomable truth that you suddenly know and can yeah. fathom. Possibly. Oh, well. That... That's won't be gone, not all than that. Oh, let's give it a try before we finish the, the ad. I want to I wanna, I wanna try one out. Uh, you, you got it there? It didn't get the song out of my head. Now I'm just thinking about the unknowable end of the universe at the same time as the song about penis toasters. Okay, but is the unknowable end of the universe also slamming its penis in the car door? Oh no, I've got a... There's... Oh, <laughs> one, in, one on each side of my brain. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, um, well, like, uh, our sponsor is earworm be gone, but apparently they don't work. So, sa- save yourself some, some time uh, and money, I guess. Uh, there, 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 there. Please don't put the unknowable horrors of the universe in a toaster. <laughs> Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, uh, I got some, I got some bad news. Um, no, but numbers still going up, right? I mean, <laughs> numbers not doing uh, where we want them. So you know how I, how uh, we had that great idea about uh, cost cost cutting with the uh, the remaster. We were yeah, doing. that was fucking genius. Yeah, it was a fucking genius idea. Remember that you think it's a fucking genius idea. Yeah, you know? cut, and cut the costs. Yeah, more money for exactly. Us. You don't have to. You know, you want the game to look better. You just get a computer to make it look better, and don't have to pay any people to do it. Yeah, like don't that graphics card company do a thing now? It makes all the graphics look exactly. Nicer. Like we don't have that tech, but like how hard could it be? We thought so. We like you know we made a thing that would would like hey, here's the game, make it look better. Yeah. And then without checking it, we just sold it because, like, it, it, the program's meant to make it look better, right? Yeah, I mean, we don't, you know, we don't pay QA to actually look over things anymore. Yeah. Um, We might not be ready to outsource all of the dev work to computers yet. Um, mm, The game's kind of terrible. Like, I mean, real, it's, real it's like a what, 20-year-old game now? Oh, no, it's worse than it was originally. There's bugs that weren't in there originally. Um, a lot of the jokes from back in the day, uh, the AI program just completely broke them. Uh, there was a, there was a, there was a joke where it was like, uh, uh, oh, that's a big sausage, and it was sort of near a, near a person, and it's like, ah, it's, it's like a penis, you know, that was the joke. Yeah. Uh, now penis it's, sausage, now right? it's like, that, 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 uh, that a bit of sauce... That it says that a bit of source now because the AI couldn't read the text properly and right. didn't work out what it means. And a man with a big sausage next to his crotch that says that's a bit of source, the joke doesn't really work anymore. Right, but the bagel screw's okay, yeah. Oh no, the bagel screw's broken. Yeah, so um, it it it's just it's just flat. It's a, it it doesn't look like a screw anymore. But like all the threads are off it. It it, it doesn't look like a screw anymore. They anti-alias the, the they screw. They anti-alias the screw, and, like, they flattened all the stuff out on the bagel, so now it just... Like, yeah, it kind of still looks like a dick, but, like, the, the the screw pun doesn't work anymore. 
I mean, what's the point if we don't have the screw? You'll be exactly. saying we can't even drive through most of the hedges next. We can't drive through most of the hedges anymore. Oh my god. I know, right? We might actually still have to keep some of the devs around. We maybe we maybe flew a little too close to the fucking sun on this one. Okay, well I have to literally go and hurl myself into the sun now. Oh no 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 no! Don't do that. Uh, we will just flog some interns until they manually fix all the shit we broke. Okay, but we can go on holiday and drink daiquiris, right? Oh yeah, of course. We don't have to be here for that. You are a fucking genius. I know. So, <gasps> what have you put in your ears? Uh, the main thing I put in my ears was, uh, I went, I went and saw some live music. Yeah. I went to Grace Petrie was, was playing oh, heck. pretty, pretty nearby-ish. Um, who, for anyone who doesn't know, is one lesbian and a guitar singing usually sort of angry protesty nice. songs about how Tories are very bad and we should, you know... Maybe have a little less God save the Queen and a little more God save the the, the, the refugees and the poor people. Um, and I had a rough night that was nothing to do with the singer in question. I had a very good time enjoying their music. Um, they did a very good night of very good protesty tunes, very sing-alongable, emotionally engaging stuff. Really lovely night. Um, I did enjoy that on this tour they're apparently doing 26 uh, stops. And that's how many letters are in the alphabet. So every night, uh, pull a name out of uh, a letter out of a hat. There's a ne name of a of a song cover that starts with that letter. Go play it now. Mm -hmm. Um, that was that was pretty fun, and I very much enjoyed their stopping the show to do a hey, we're gonna fucking talk about it. How it's real fucking important to look after trans people right now. The real big bad onslaught against them. Let's get into the very specifics of what's going on. Take them seriously. Anyway, trans folks, this one's for you. Fucking, you are great. Yes. I was like, mm, good ally there. Good ally. Mm -hmm. I made a friend. I made a friend, yeah. yeah. I made a friend in the front row who uh, li likes D&D &D and um, the, the the macro podcasts and we had lots of things in common and we had a very good time. Yay. Yeah. I made a, I made a friend. Yay. Yeah. We, we chatted about happy stimming while enjoying music. It was a good time. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What have you listened to this week? <laughs> um. Well, uh, we listened to some music while playing boarded games. We as did. is our want. As is our want. We listened to that uh, Scythe music uh, playlist that is on uh, YouTube. It's like an hour and a half of... If you just type Scythe music into yeah. uh, YouTube, you will find like an hour and 37 minute mix of just some nice ambient, vaguely warish music. Yeah. Uh, we listened to the uh, Command and Conquer remastered. Oh, yeah. Uh, 4K, three hour <laughs> music soundtrack. Uh, I recommend. There, there's a few times people are like, "This come on, wrong guy." Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. Um, and then everyone was like, "How much? I remember how much. How much yeah. is great." <laughs> and then we all gushed about Yuri's revenge for a bit. How we did? Yuri's revenge is real good. Mm -hmm. Red Alert Two is still, I think, the best Command and Conquer game. Fight me. Don't, I, please don't I, I, no, I won't fight you, but I I will agree with you. Yay! Yeah. Uh, I think that's... Have you got any other musics? Uh, no, I think that's it for things I've listened to. Well then. <gasps> Time for this. 
Order, order, order. Come on, let's bring this cabinet meeting to, to uh, some sort of order, if we could. <laughs> right, 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 OK, what's the first order of business, then? Yeah, well, apparently the government's wanted to crack down on second jobs for ministers. But we're the government. Can't I we know. Why, why are we doing this? Well, uh, because people are shouting and some of them don't like being shouted at, so they're doing a big shout. Well, I mean, we do a lot of shouting. We shout at Guff and Bladder and, you know, exactly, talking and talking I know, talking. but the press have bloody picked up on it and now no, they have shouted. Bloody I the bloody press are talking Can't about it. Can't we just talk to Murdoch about this? Exactly, I know, I know. But apparently, less second jobs for ministers. Oh. Oh. Well, what, how am I supposed to survive on my meagre salary? Well, I've got a thought. I've had a thought. Right, right. Fewer second jobs. Right. Bigger backhanders per second job. So we don't actually have to do any more work. No, if anything, we do less work and take more money. Excellent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hurrah. Hurrah. Okay, okay, I'll get the door, darling. Oh, hello. Hi, yes, I'm here from the Homeowners Association. Uh, oh, yes, hello. Um, how can we help you? Well, as you know, we have very high standards. Oh, um, yes, I'm, I'm aware. You all have very lovely homes. Yes, very lovely homes. And we'd like to keep it that way. This neighbourhood has won awards, you know. Oh, I've, I've won awards in the past as well. Awards are fun, aren't they? Now, enough of the pleasantries. It is November. Yes. And I noticed that you still have your Halloween decorations out, your pumpkins out here. Well, yes, it's scarier now. The pumpkins are rotting. They're attracting rodents. Uh, well, they're lovely little, little, little friends. Nature is a very recommend... I'm very much a fan of nature. And there is still sounds of, of chains rattling coming from your house. Oh, oh, yes. Well, that's, that's just the restless spirit. He's got seasonal affective disorder. He gets a bit, a bit weepy around this, this time of year. And there's still the sound of wailing all through the evenings. But people have children to put to sleep early. I, I, uh, sorry about that. We, we've got a karaoke machine and none of us can really sing, but we do really get into it. We give it our best shot. Humph! Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors? Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Barry. How you doing? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. You, uh, you been up to much? Oh, I've been uh, paying more attention than anyone really should to uh, the news cycle. Oof. It's always been a lot. I mean, you know, I, I've been in that position myself, you know, feeling like it is absolutely, you know, it's, uh, you know, complacency and, and to, yeah. to not be fully aware of everything, but also, you know, it is a, a lot to personally manage yeah. on an emotional level to constantly be uh, engaged with that. It's a lot sometimes. And like I wasn't doing it for no reason. I was helping do some, uh, some activism-y stuff that required yeah. me to pay yeah. attention to... Some stuff going on, but it did it did require being a little bit immersed in uh, the UK's right wing nonsense oh, for a bit. Nasty, nasty, uh, yeah. Yeah, but I was thinking about something about yeah. activismy stuff. Uh, a lot of activismy stuff you hear about is very forward facing, obviously, because yeah, like yeah. Uh, you know, 
a lot of it is be loud, be shouty, get stuff done. Well, but it very it, often seems to be the only way to actually get anything done is, you know, you get everyone to turn up and, and make some noise in the face of, you know, the, the government. Well, exactly. But unfortunately, you know, when you get loud and shouty about an important thing, often the other side that doesn't agree with you will get loud and shouty and it becomes a very upsetting, just a very upsetting shouting match for all involved. Yeah. And, you know, you get a lot of people who aren't in activism stuff in the middle, like... I am aware of a thing that is feels all-encompassing and I can't do anything about it, and that's distressing. Yeah. And, you know, that's not always the best way to deal with it. Some, You know, not in all cases. Sometimes it's better to not have to deal with undue stress. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know... I've been paying, I've been following some some stuff recently where some people have been you know quietly trying to deal with some legislation, stop it happening before it becomes a big deal. Yeah. And uh, some people in some activism circles get a little bit uh, trigger happy when they learn about stuff going wrong. They're very yeah. eager to be like, oh, I've heard about a bad thing. I have to make it the big deal right now. Well, you know, you know I, I can understand. You know. Feeling like the the best thing to do is make you know the the, the those parties involved uh, aware of the situation and you know yeah. try and raise awareness and try and get some 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 momentum behind it. Indeed, but obviously you know, it is a lot of emotional stress for for the community as a whole at that point. Exactly, it's a lot of emotional stress for the community as a whole, and often the impetus for that comes from like I want to feel like I'm doing something. And I'll oh, get that. I've yeah. been that person that's like bad things happening. I've got to do something. Yeah. Um, but like you know, for this specific thing recently, a lot of quiet work was done behind the scenes to make sure a bit of bad legislation would never see the light of day. It was never going to pass. It was you know being effectively fought. And then at the last minute, it's like oh, suddenly it's the big topic of the day, and it's like maybe we just let it quietly die. You know, don't you don't bringing attention's going to let the other side mobilise, and that's always going to come with drawbacks. You know, it's yeah. it's tricky. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand it. Obviously, you know, the fear is you don't, at that point, I suppose, know if the other side are quietly mobilising themselves, really. Indeed. It's and certainly a difficult juggling uh, yeah. act, really, with that one. Indeed, and particularly it becomes tricky with stuff like the, uh, the anti-trans lot because they're very effective at public mobilisation and as soon as yeah, you yeah, start yeah. shouting about a thing publicly... They're gonna go to the media. They're gonna get news coverage of their side. Oh yeah, trans you know. folks and you know, well, for you know example, how silenced they are. Well, exactly, because that's the thing. Like trans stuff, often if you make a big, loud public deal about it, the anti-trans lot will get media coverage of their perspective, and the trans lot will not get and buried. It is, in fact, yeah, yeah, it is not. It is not always beneficial to go, to raise the alarm in such a way that it lets the anti-trans lot go. Ah, let's. Tell the media our side. Yeah, yeah, because I suppose you know you might get something in pink news a few days late, but uh, you exactly, know. you're not going to get the fear mongering mainstream coverage that they're going to get from yeah, you know yeah. pu- public attention often serves to benefit those who have the ability and reach to get mainstream coverage of their views. Yeah, I suppose, uh, and you know, as we've said before, that a lot of these particular types of people who are you know engaged in this anti-trans stuff a lot of them you know they don't necessarily have to work and therefore yeah. have more time to engage in this sort of thing you know exactly and a little it, bit of quiet yeah. work behind the scenes then perhaps might be the best thing but in, indeed like, i'm not trying to say that like it's never good to be big and shouty protesty i'm a big yeah. big and shouty protesty person that oh, does yeah. big loud shouty protest stuff but like you know it's there's a time for both of them yeah, and yeah, it definitely. can be very easy to uh fall to the trap of I want to do something loud and visible right now yeah all the time which isn't 
always the most helpful. No, it's, no. it's a tricky balancing act, and yeah, definitely. You know, even you know, as someone that you know is a proponent of sometimes dealing with it quietly is useful. You know, it's terrifying to do so because you don't know until stuff goes down. Did was that the right call or not? You don't know whether yeah, your quiet call, efforts mate. were enough. Would things have gone better if you'd been loud? Who knows? It's tricky. Oh, very tricky. Activism's you know, tricky work. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose, you know, you're never going to please everyone, but, you know, as long as you can try and keep a bit of left unity throughout all of oh, that, indeed. you know, there's always the risk, you know, they say the the left are very willing to tear themselves apart, you know. Oh, for sure. F- over smaller things, whereas the right wing are just, you know, happy to be causing fucking chaos and doing Exactly, evil. and this is why, like, you know, as much as, like, you know, sometimes I'll go, oh, I wish you hadn't pointed that out, that's not going to help us. I'm not going to go have a go at the person that's that's done so, because, look, they made their own judgment call, they're trying their best, like we all are. Yeah, they're, they're deal dealing with... with it in their way. Exactly. You know? I'm not, you know, I'm well aware of the, you know, leftist infighting problem, and I'm not going to tear apart people who are energised and wanting to help and be active. Yeah, we need that You energy. know, just because I think that sometimes it's not the best way to deal with it, but, yeah. you know. And you're, gotta... you're definitely not alone in that, you know. There yeah. are certainly, you know, people who've been in activism for years who would would agree that, you know, perhaps sometimes a softly, softly approach a, a bit more, uh, you know, sneaking into the compound. And, yeah, uh, but again, look, I get it. When your yeah. rights are on the line, when it's like literally, you know, very emotional stuff about your own community, yeah. it's hard not to just want to go and stand in the streets and scream, fuck you. Yeah. I get it. I do it sometimes. Oh, yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's tricky. <sighs> Hug, mate. Yeah, I could do with one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. <sighs> yeah. Good hug, mate. Good hug. Yeah. yeah. Alright. Gonna uh, pop the kit on. I'm gonna have a quick uh, quick lie down. I'm gonna have a little nap. Nice, nice, nice. So, Laura. <gasps> yeah? We've got a book. We do have a book. Ooh, we sp- we've been bookworking today. Oh, we spent all day today doing bookworking. Mm. I read the whole book out loud and we made yeah. notes and we did thought about things we're gonna do to the book. So, yeah, so we spent about what five or six hours reading through the book and making notes. Yeah, it's, it, it sure is a book. It's a whole story. You can go start to finish through it. Yeah, you can. Reading it out we're loud. Make it better. Reading it out loud made me realise, like, oh yeah, we did write a lot of book here, huh? We did write a lot of book. Yeah. Uh, you can check that out. At, it's called Who Hunts the Whale. It's on Unbound. You can go pre-order a copy. You get, there's backer rewardage. You can get a signed copy. You can get your name in the back of the book. You can get a swag bag. You can get a swag bag. There's all sorts of stuff. I'm very excited about the swag I'm bag. I'm very excited I about the want swag one. bag. I, I'm very excited about the swag bag. Can one back one's own book? I think one can back one's own book. <laughs> and I think, I think it may have to happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can check that out by, by searching uh, Who Hunts the Whale Unbound on your search engine of choice. Or you can go to unbound.com forward slash books forward slash whale. Uh... Shall I talk about the other things I do? Tell me about the other things that you do. Uh, Laura K. Buzz is all the places. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Uh, I've got lovely little enamel pins up on thegymporium.com. They've got like little trans pride flag coloured wings. And they've got little rainbow and anodised edges. Little little rainbow anodised edges, a little heart. This is adorable. It's a good enamel pin. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other than that, I've got other books. Things I Learned from Mario's Butt. Uh, Uncomfortable Labels, Gender Euphoria. They're all out now. I've got other podcasts. Pixel Squirt. It's about video game character pornography. Um, 
Podquisition, we tell you whether your favourite video games are great or perfect. Um, Dice Funk, it's Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I'm on seasons 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8. They're all their own set of separate standalone stories, so you can jump in wherever. I'm also on other thing with you, isn't this? What? Yeah. Me? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're on on uh, that polyharmony that we I do. I am, yeah. There is a, I've st- literally started ep- editing a new episode of this, mm. but once again I'm diving heavily back into book now that we've made tons of notes, so... <laughs> I'm trying. Um, I also make music under the name Bedroom Programmer. You can find that on an entirely separate SoundCloud. Uh, but if you just want podcasts, there's there's Generous Magnet on SoundCloud. I think you probably just look for Stoned Monkey Radio. That's the easiest way to find me there. And you can get uh, Polyarmory and uh, Queer and Pleasant Strangers, which you might be listening to now. You you are. You're listening. I've just said it here on this. <laughs> yeah. Um... And uh, things like the program, if you want to listen to something spoopy. It's, it's it's November. It's Spookmas 2. Enjoy more Spookmas. <laughs> Even spoopier. Uh, and then, like, I've got a Red Bubble where I designed t-shirts. You can get all the cool t-shirts. You recently got some of the t-shirts. <gasps> yeah, I did. You have They're... a Frighteningly Gay shirt. Yeah, I do. It's very good. <laughs> <laughs> um... I've, yeah, I've got a bunch of other stuff, but the most important one is patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help me justify a 76-hour work week. Please help. Please help. It is The nights are drawing in, and I would super appreciate it, and I would really love to maybe finally reach that golden number of t- uh, 25 Patreons. That would yes, be really nice. that'd be lovely. Yeah. I, I, would, I would recommend it. Do. Do the thing. <laughs> Thank you very much. Laura says so. It's Laura verified. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you you get like a nice little thank you from me. Yeah. Ah. And if you pay $10 a month, you can get early access to Queer and Pleasant <gasps> Strangers. Ooh. It usually goes up on a Tuesday or Wednesday night if you would be interested in early quips. Ooh. Ooh. Ah. <laughs> Laura, <gasps> things out, please, darling. Until next time, be a stranger. <laughs> <laughs>